God, I just recorded. No, I hate fuck everybody right now. Yes, I was using the bathroom because I'm a fucking human. I just recorded like 20 minutes. No, I think it was like 23 minutes. Just updating you guys on the shit I got going on in my life and probably best that it deleted because a lot of times I spend rambling. Okay. Like, let's be real. You guys know I ramble. It's a thing. Um, God fucking damn it. <laughs> so, I'm so annoyed right now. 23 minutes. Okay, fuck it. Let's do this again. Because you know what? Today is literally going to be about self-care and governing boundaries and healthy relationships with other people. <sighs> Throughout this course of me, so I'm sober seven months, all right? I've been sober before. This is the first time it actually stuck with me where I was going to do this shit for the long haul, okay? In the back of my head, the first time I ever got sober, I knew at some point I'd probably go back to drinking again, which is why I was able to do it so easily, um, because I hadn't ever committed to the concept that I was an alcoholic. Like I just thought, oh, well, I was just going through a lot and I had convinced myself that I didn't have a problem, that I was actually just trying to numb the things around me. And the reality is the things around me were shitty because I, I did have a problem and I was using that as an excuse to drink. Um, I had a really toxic perception of self. I was in a victim mode and I am finally clear of that. Like I've seen, where I fucked up, I'm accountable for it. And at the same time, I'm not going to let people fucking condemn me and chastise me because I was a fucking human. Um, my feelings are valid. And I'm not going to say I was proud of the things that I did. But I understand why I did them. And that's all that really matters because I'm the one that has to live with the addiction. You don't. And I'm trying to teach that to Jacob because he really struggles with some of the decisions he made while he was, you know, kind of having a psychotic break. There were a few times where he made really bad decisions and it cost him the relationships with family, with other people that he loved um, because he let his addiction run him. And when you allow that to happen, you're going to lose people that you love. And that's just part of it. I've gone to many meetings with him because he's, you know, 18 years old trying to figure out how to get clean and he needs his mom a lot right now. And I understand that. I'm trying to support him in every way I can and be there for him at the same time, making sure that I, that I'm not accountable for his sobriety, you know, like that I'm not, that he needs to be accountable for his own sobriety, for his own life. I'm just helping him get into the routine because he needs that. At that at that same place in time, I'm also trying to navigate the waters of taking care of my mother with Alzheimer's, okay? I'm trying to be there for my daughter who is developing some type of complex where she thinks she's got to be the perfect child in order to get attention, which I don't blame her. I really don't. That seems pretty feasible considering our track record, like first mom goes off the rails, then Jake goes off the rails. Oh, mom's off the rails again. Now Jake's off the rails. Like it's just been a cycle of one of her family members kind of flipping out, you know, and she is always the one in the corner being ignored or (sighs) I supplement by spoiling her to some degree, you know, like 
I've had to really look at my parenting styles with my children, especially lately, and ask myself how we got here, you know, and I under- I had to understand why things turned out the way they did and make sense of it so I could make peace with it, right? And I've found that in every single one of those NA meetings, the issue of boundaries seems to come into play. And I've discovered that most of the time, people with really shitty boundaries have a very low confidence in their their own worth, right? So a low sense of self-worth, shitty boundaries, and opportunistic people will create a really fucked up life. You're going to find people that want to use you for how you make them feel, for what you can get for them. And you're not going to have the strength or the confidence in yourself to walk away from those people. You're going to overexert yourself to the point where you're fully fucking exhausted and you're going to treat yourself like shit because you feel like you're shit, you know, like it all kind of comes down to your own. Well, I guess sense of self-worth. I, I'm beating a dead horse now, but it, it just kind of comes back to that, right? Well, the issue is when you're constantly pouring your cup out for other people, it creates resentment. It creates frustration and passive aggressiveness and toxicity and at some point you have to own your shit and be like listen my life's fucked up because I'm fucked up I need to fix myself so that I can have healthy relationships with other people I need to fix myself and stay away from this substance because it makes my life fall apart I need to give myself like clear boundaries with the people that I love Because I want to be able to continue giving myself to this family without burnout, without resentment that festers, without toxic relationships that build over time through resentment. And when you take accountability for all of those things, right, it allows you to understand how you got there and you love yourself anyway. Like you recognize this is how I got here. This is why it's shitty. This is how I fix it. And that's what I've been doing. I've been doing that because my children need me. I've been doing that because my mother needs me. At the same time, I still struggle with setting healthy boundaries, okay? Like, I've been emptying my cup out so much because I have been terrified of losing my child to this addiction, to his mental health issues for years. Like, since we figured out there was some shit going on under the surface that we didn't know about... It's been nothing but us trying to save this kid's life, okay, from himself. It doesn't come easy when the demons live inside their head. Like, how do you get them away from that? You can't. You just have to constantly support them and bombard them with love and give them the tools that they need to just adapt to life with the demon in their head. Like, he's finally taking his medication. He's finally taking his medication. Let's just take a moment and give a round of applause to my child who is 18 years old and has managed to recognize that he is completely responsible for how his life is right now and that he doesn't want to continue that road anymore. That's pretty fucking powerful for 18. 
He's been through so much shit. He has lost so many people that claim to love him, that, that they would always be there to support him. And where are they now? Where are they at? Where's the rubber hits the road now? Because they're not fucking here. And even though he's cleaning his life up, I've seen shit from them and that's fine. I've reached out many times uh, and it doesn't seem to come back. Like, I don't think that the Watts are ever going to forgive him. I don't think that Brent's ever going to come back into his life. And that's fine because his dad's already gone. So why not fuck off both father figures? You know, like at this point, I'm not angry about it. I understand it. And that's all that matters. Like getting angry doesn't solve anything. Getting angry creates more problems. And at this very moment in time, you're either in or you're out, dude. Like I'm, I'm trying to keep this kid alive. I'm trying to reaffirm my daughter's sense of self-worth and, um, just who she is as a person because she's allowing so many outside influences to govern her own personal choices. It's ridiculous. Like, and that only comes from like a long-term pattern of living for approval, right. Of others. So if your mom's off the rails and Jake's off the rails, then maybe if I'm perfect, everybody will start to pay attention to me. That's where it starts, okay? And the seed festers when you have somebody who's got internalized misogyny living in your household, reaffirming that, yes, I will empty my cup out to the point where I've got nothing left, and that's healthy. No, that is not healthy, baby girl. Let's pause, okay? Pause. We're going to go get our nails done because you know what? You got to set time for yourself. Regardless, if that's important to you, do it. You're not going to be good for anyone else if you're fucked up inside. Two, you like your hair blonde. I can help you do that. You go to school, everybody disapproves. You go home, they like your hair better brown. Why is this an issue and what color your hair is? If you like your hair that color, keep your hair that color. Don't allow other people to influence your personal choices because you need their approval. That's I'm seeing this little seed start to sprout and I'm like, whoa, it's time to nip that in the bud because I'm sober and I'm clear and I'm observant as fuck and you're not going to sit here and teach my kid to fucking live for approval and I'm saying that to myself. Is that is that fucked up? That's weird, right? But I'm not going to allow that process to continue because that will lead to eating disorders. That will lead to her in abusive relationships. And I'm not going to let my daughter go down that road. I'm going to be the mother that she needs, that I should have always been, that I couldn't be at the time, but I know better now. And what my best friend James always tells me, he was an addiction counselor um, and a psychologist in prison for a number of years before he got into bus driving. And he's got 32 years sober under his belt. He's one of my very best friends. And when his wife died, I spent a considerable amount of time with him, um, cleaning his house, going grocery shopping, helping him out, just getting him through that thick space where you want to die. Like when your partner is gone and you've got nothing left, you don't want to be here anymore. I didn't want my best friend to die. So I super glued myself to his side and I didn't leave until I knew he was clear. By the time I came back home, shit had gone fucking off. My mom and Jake were attacking each other practically. Braylon was just fucking out in the ether feeling like I didn't love her. You know, like I had to reground and I recommitted myself back to my family because now somebody else's life isn't at stake. Sometimes you need that person 
to come to you and sit by your side and cry with you and allow you to grieve. And then when you're through that thick space and time where you're suicidal and things aren't right, when you're safe, they can go back home. And I had a lot of shit to tend to when I got back. And he says to me, James would say constantly, now that we know better, we do better. And I'm applying that to my life now as I have learned in many of the groups that I've gone to, sobriety groups. Um, I like NA better than AA because it seems like there's a lot less self-pity going on there. Like in AA, I've noticed there's a lot of people that have a resentment that our society pushed addiction on them um, through normalizing, you know, media where people grab wine or beer and it's constantly in this image. Um, What's wrong, Merlin? What's the matter? (laughs) These fucking cats, man. There's drama every day. Okay, so if this shit doesn't, I'm almost, I'm going to pause this. And then I'm going to upload it and see if it does. Because if there's something going on that's like fucked up with this app, then I'm, I'm not going to dedicate another 20 minutes. It's been 13. So at this point, I've now done 46 minutes almost. Um, I'm doing the math. I'm just fucking tired. We're not doing math right now. I'm not doing small math. You can fuck right off if you think I'm doing that. <laughs> so I'm going to pause and see if it uploads and then I'll come right back. All right, good news. I am not quite certain if the 23 minutes deleted or not. There's a notifications from the library section of this app, which Anchor merged with Spotify and um, those are, so Spotify is a listening platform and then Anchor was a podcasting platform. Well, they merged together and now it's Spotify podcasters, which is fine, you know, because Spotify was like the number one platform that they published on anyway. Um, and in this, in this situation, um, you go on the app and it's still the same. It's just got a different name. It's like when Xfinity changed to, or Comcast changed to Xfinity. So anyway, it's a brand, brand name change thing. So moving on, I don't know why that was relevant. <laughs> Sorry. <coughs> I was touching on a lot of stuff with addiction and being accountable and trying to teach my son, like, okay, where's your biggest fuck up? Like, what's your big thing? For me, it was bringing alcohol home. I was fine until Brent started bringing wine home for me, which I was fine, like drinking out in public. I could do it socially because I didn't have wine with us. But we were going through a really hard time and he knew that I liked wine by the fire and he wanted to normalize that to have some type of familiarity. I don't think he was... um consciously trying to sabotage me in any way I just that was that's the turning point for me like once it's home I'm going to drink all of it and I'm going to drink it every chance I get and then once it's home I'm going to find a way to bring it with me and as soon as I can I will start drinking and it's just never going to end well so I've been teaching Jacob okay where's your level of accountability where's the turning point he says the turning point for me right now is that I don't ever get enough days under my belt to make it a habit. Like I don't have a routine. I am constantly subjected to contact with people who offer me drugs. And I'm now trying to, I guess, have a firmer foundation to stand on before I can be exposed to those people and be vulnerable again. 
he needs an armor, right? He needs a shield. And so like a buffer, right? So I said, that's fine. Let's develop some thick skin. How are we going to do that? Well, he got rid of his phone. He got rid of his phone. And um, I mean, it was from a bad choice to sell it, obviously. But it was a blessing because I refused to buy a new one. Uh, out of just fucking frustration over the financial obligation to having an addict in the family. It's like very financially draining. And I said, listen, like you may have gotten whatever you got for that phone, but you're not going to get anything from me now. And he said, well, honestly, that's probably good because I need to go to rehab. And we made that choice as a family. So now he's waiting to get into an inpatient. And now that he's gone a week, he's thinking like maybe I can do... If I, if I just keep doing what I'm doing right now and I come up with my own routine, maybe I don't have to go to inpatient and I can start getting my GED faster because he wants to go in the military. And I said, okay, fine, let's, let's fucking make baby steps, you know. So we've been going to meetings at PCC. I've got him hooked up with a sober living community out in Gresham. But all of that requires that I drive him because he has issues with direction, Um. Jim, his grandpa, has a lot of issues with direction to the point where he, if he has an appointment, he'll go and do a test run. So I suspect that Jacob's got whatever that is uh, to some degree, right? Not fully, but like there's something there. And so because of that, I've been driving Jacob to the same NA meeting every morning. And sometimes I'll go with him. Sometimes I'll run errands in the middle. But I only get an hour and a half of freedom in that sense. So I either go grocery shopping or... I'm also in the process of, I was in the process of painting and moving uh, because he had to leave the house he was at because it turned out to be a fucking trap house. And I was like, great, good thing I just moved my child uh, into this fucking house and prepaid his rent so that he could get on his feet. But at the time, I didn't realize he was in full-blown active addiction. Then he moves into a trap house. Like, I didn't know these people dealt drugs or anything but he ended up moving into that house and as soon as I realized like that's where he was like they gave him that addiction because they were pushing it on him and suddenly it was out of control and I couldn't figure out why the fuck how did he get like who is it in your life that's giving you this option you know like I have not I don't have any connections like that in our lives anymore like the closest thing might have been Sam but he would never have allowed Jacob to do that because he didn't want him to go down the same road he was on and so um I recognized that that was the case so I asked for the prepaid months of rent back and we ended the the lease with him there and we pulled him home so he could just work on being sober before he could get into a rehab and now he's hoping to just continue on what he's doing and in the process, I've been driving him to and fro 24-7. Once he gets 30 days, he can go move into a sober living community. And he'll be surrounded by people who have experience with what he's been through, you know. So it'll be good for him. And I'm, I'm grateful and blessed that we have that opportunity because unless you've been affected by addiction to the point where you are willing to be homeless, like... I saw the other side of addiction on Swan Island because of my relationship with Sam. I met Sam through my bus driving job and I fell in love with him. And I was introduced to the other side of mental health and addiction crisis and the homelessness 
crisis here in Portland. And I will say that there are a number of people that, yeah, they do choose to live off the grid and they do choose to be homeless. A lot of them are running from warrants that had to do with drug uh, charges or domestic violence charges, things of that nature. You're not going to get the best people on the street. Like, they got issues. And I had to ask myself, like, who I was keeping myself around just to be with Sam, like, I was compromising so much of myself just for that relationship to work. And I promised myself when I got out of it that I would never compromise myself for a relationship like that ever again. I would never give myself up for another person. So it's almost like I'm programmed to be almost a bit of an asshole to whoever I'm in partnership with because I'm not willing to compromise myself or my family ever again. And now I'm finding that the amount of time that I have for myself is so small. If I have to really fight for it. And even when I do get alone time, I have to deal with constant phone calls of where are you? Or I have to remind them, hey, I'm taking this tiny window of time for myself. Please don't harass me. So when I do have alone time, the last fucking thing I want to do is check my messages. Okay. And that creates a space for doubt if you're not confident in yourself and you're dating somebody who's incredibly independent and stubborn uh, about not conceding to the whim of another. Like, I feel for this person that I've been talking to because it's probably really confusing to have somebody say that they're interested in you and then at the same time not give you the time of day to text a lot you know but I really haven't had the time like I don't have that kind of time I don't know what kind of life you think caregiving is but it's not hanging out watching movies eating bonbons like there are some days where we have downtime but that's literally few and far between like if I'm not able to be with my mom I'm always worried about her while I'm gone you know like there's not really an off day and I am fine with that. I've told her before I would much rather be, um, I would much rather be with you going through hell than in heaven with anyone else because I do, I would never want her to go through something like this by herself. And I'm grateful for the time that I've been given. Like I thought I was coming here for salvation and it turned out to be the other way around. And it was a blessing for both my son and I, because it gave us the stability to look at our own addiction and and treat it. Like this is definitely what I've been praying for. And in that same sense, like I'm really trying to figure out what I'm capable of giving other people without compromising my sense of well-being. And I had a friend from high school reach out to me named Drew And he said, oh, my God, you and this guy, Alan, are perfect for each other, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, I don't really know. I was talking to some guy up in Tacoma. And I don't usually like to talk to more than one person at once because it just feels like it just kind of feels fake. Like, yeah, I'm going to talk to you and now I'm going to turn around and talk to this other person. Like, that's fucking weird. I'd rather talk to one person at a time and give my full attention to that one human. I'm just like really heavy Scorpio. That's how it works. And so I said like, dude, I don't know. Like I have a lot going on in my life right now, but I am like, I am super lonely. Like I kept dropping hints. Like, I don't know if it was hints, but it was just relevant 
to mention like, yo, I'm pretty lonely. Like I don't see my friends anymore. I am constantly doing things for other people. I'm always worried about my mom. If I'm not with her, I'm worried about my son when I'm not with him. I'm worried about Braylon when I'm not with her. Like I have to guard my own thoughts because I'll be plagued with worry and anxiety and it ruins the current situation of whatever peace I find throughout my day. Like I have to focus on my thoughts and how they contribute to my overall mental health. Right. So I said to Drew, I said, dude, like, I don't really know, like you're saying he's perfect for me and all that. I'd like, sure. I'll talk to him. Cause this other guy from Tacoma seems to be flaking out. So I'm a bounce and, um, you know, go ahead and give him my number. So we started talking and we have a lot in common and he's really cool, you know, and I really enjoyed the beginning stages of getting to know him. It was similar to me giving my time to James to some, like if if you think about it in this way, I didn't have time to really give to James, but I wanted to. And so I made time right? But there was a tiny window where I could make that happen. And then I had to go back to my real life. And I think that that's sort of where it was with Alan. Like I was talking to him and I was able to give him enough time where you'd be interested. And it wasn't like an on purpose manipulative type thing. I was just like really wanting that partnership aspect you know like he's a really cool guy and I like him and I've I got a text from him last night that you know asked me if I if I was even interested in him anymore and this had marked the third time he'd sent that and I had to sit and ask myself like am I am I being selfish right now by trying to get into a partnership with somebody who I don't really have time to give to Like, was I setting James up for failure when I was by his side that whole time and then I had to leave? These are things that are valid to ask yourself. Like, I had to ask these things and I sent him this long message and I just, I really want to be in partnership and I really like Alan. Like, it made sense to me. But at the same time, I don't want to be unfair. Like, if you need more commitment than I can give, then I would much rather you find somebody else. It doesn't mean I don't like you. It doesn't mean I'm not going to be sad that you and I aren't going to pursue partnership. But at the same time, I have to be fair. So that's what, that's what's going on there. Um, in other news, recent events, there was a fucking UFO that crashed outside of somebody's house in Vegas. Let's talk about that. Oh, my God. Do you know how fucking shit... I'd be so fucking scared. And, like, this guy was on the phone with, like, 911. They came out with this video yesterday. They dropped it on TikTok. And I guess, like, it happened May 1st, right? And, like, the video has gone viral as of yesterday. And, basically, it's this guy on the phone with 911. Like, he's like, um... Uh, this giant thing just crashed in my backyard from the sky. And now these two giant creatures are climbing out of it like do you know how fucking scared I would be oh my god I'd be shitting myself and he was just he was trying to describe to the dispatcher he's like they're definitely not human uh I think they we think they look like aliens I was like oh my god can you imagine being the dispatcher for one for two being the guy making the call going like oh my god 
they're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to have me committed. They're not going to take this serious. And we're going to get murdered by these fucking space creatures. Like, so they sent these cops out because the cops that were actually answering the call had seen something bright fall to that section of town, like from the sky. And all the night prior, they had, there had been reports of this really bright turquoise light in the sky that everybody was seeing from California to Utah to Nevada. And suddenly in Las Vegas, there's this, a fucking spaceship that crashed in the back of this family's yard. And like people are absolutely losing their shit over this naturally as we should. And, um, so I just wanted to know, like, if they're coming to take over the world, what are you going to wear? <laughs> I feel like I'm going to dress in layers because I hear it's kind of cold up in outer space and I'm going to want, like, extra things to wear. Like, you know, how on Pinterest, you can, like, type in your outfit, like, different outfit ideas with, like, one set of clothes. I'm going to I'm going to find, like, a really good one that works for all types of weather. And then I'm just going to go rocking my best onion outfit, like layers outfit. What are you guys going to wear? Maybe we can coordinate and like we can, if people have like the same size shoe, we can coordinate. So like when we're up in space being abducted, we can like swap boots for the day, you know? (laughs) I was like, holy shit. Uh, All I could think about was that movie with Tom Cruise where they like fucking ate everybody Like, they would suck them up into this, like, metal thing, and then they would shit out blood. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) That's what I immediately thought of when I heard that 911 call. I was like, oh, my God, it's happening. We're going to (laughs) die. And so, um, oh, my God, my fucking legs hurt so bad. So this morning, I took it upon myself to discuss shit like the UFOs or the potential serial killer we have down here in southeast Portland very concerning these women in their mid 30s like late 20s to mid 30s are going missing and then they're finding their bodies in like rural areas and I can't say that word so don't make fun of me um like like fucking BFE areas right there's been six women found so far six and I was like dude that's too close to home Two of the women were abducted from Gresham, which is about 10 minutes from where I live. And I'm thanking God that I'm a fucking hermit because my oblivious, trusting ass would totally be abducted, like murdered. I'm like, oh, my God. Maybe I should take like some boxing class. I don't know. I got a please don't murder me uh, keychain set. So I have like a few shanks available, some pepper spray. I thought about getting one of those lip glosses that are like actually a taser, but... It just seems a bit excessive when I could just be more vigilant and, like, not go anywhere. There's a group on Facebook called Potential Serial Killer in Portland, Oregon. Or Possible Serial Killer. The cops keep saying they don't have a link. They won't know until they get the DNA evidence back. So, obviously, these women were all raped. Uh, And so, if they find a match in the DNA, they'll at least have, like, a lead on that. If they even have enough DNA to link two cases together. So... It's that or they'll find another body soon because from May to, no, it was from March to May. So in a a series of three months, they have six bodies. So obviously the wait time in between murders is going down. Anyway, I I just wanted to take the time to talk with you about weird shit like that and just explain what's going on in my life because I'm sad. Like I really like, Alan and I really wanted that to be a possibility but I also have to be real with myself and be like okay 
did I say yes when I should have said no because I'm not being fair to this person who's really wonderful and deserves to have someone that can give them their time? Like, he doesn't deserve to be second best. Like, I think if you're going to be in partnership, you should be 100% ready for it schedule-wise, you know? Like, and until my mom is, like, passed on, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to date for a while, like, probably a few years, And I have to be okay with that. It's just difficult because I really, I'm a Libra rising. So I love partnership. Like I vibe, I love being married. I enjoy being independent while being married. So it's complicated um, because of my South Node in Scorpio. So I'm used to being alone, but I ultimately, my goal is partnership. And as a Libra rising, I love being married. I love beautiful things. I like routine and structure and stability and you get beautiful things through stability like marriage and partnership. So welcome to the ponderings of kilowatt. I'm going to go eat my acai bowl. I used to call it the, my acai bowl (laughs) until I heard somebody on a Hawthorne, like making fun of their boyfriend who says, Akai. And I was like, wait, that's not how you say it. <laughs> how do you say it? Wait, tell me. Say it again. How do you say it? S-A-I-E. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm going through an SAE bowl stage. And so Jake and my mom are at a meeting because I delegated this morning. And that's necessary because truthfully, like, until she can't drive anymore, I have to delegate a little bit. Like, we can use her phone and she can be with Jacob and go to this meeting. And I can take this morning to have a little bit of time to myself because I have not allowed myself any time all week. And I mean, outside of the two hours stint, I went to Blue Lake and sat alone for two hours or when I went and got my nails done. But like before that, it was like a two week stretch of me not taking any time and constantly expending energy. So I think I'm I'm due to be a little selfish today. And do something that I love, which is just sharing my life with you guys and being as transparent as I can so that you recognize your life isn't a fucking, like, dumpster fire. Other people's lives are busy and crazy, too. And maybe if you can compare mine to yours, you'll feel a little less shitty about what's going on with your life. So I don't know. I'm doing my best, man. Just doing what I can. (laughs) Doing what I can to support the collective. (laughs) Oh my fucking God. There's like a meme where like this guy's sitting at this coffee table and he's, everything's like on fire and he's like drinking his coffee and he's like, this is fine. This is fine. <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. Um, and other news, I have to go do some intel on my brother's baby mama because she took Hawaii and bounced to Washington state. And now I have to go find my nephew and get the address so I can send it to my brother so he can serve with custody papers. Because you don't just snatch a kid up and take them away from their parent. Like, that's fucked up, dude. You fucked with the wrong one. Because baby girl, sister here is a little bit of an investigator. And I will fucking find you. (laughs) I'll find you. So we can serve your ass with custody papers. Anyway. I don't think she listens to my podcast. I hope she doesn't. If she does, surprise. (laughs) Will you please just reach out to Troy and tell him, like, my bad, here's visitation with your child as only fair and just people do? Like, come on. Anyway, I love you guys. I'm going to go eat my bowl and 
fucking get ready to go pick up baby girl and be the glue that holds everybody together and hopefully prepare for the weekend Braylon's got softball tournaments and I haven't been spending much time with my mom so I think after the softball tournaments we're gonna have a barbecue here just family and and just maybe spend some time together quality time I really have to talk to the kids about how they treat my mom because it's starting to hurt her feelings. Like, they're not being sensitive at all to her feelings. Like, it's fucked up, dude. Like, they don't get what Alzheimer's is. They don't understand what it does to that person and what it would be like to go through that. So, a lesson in empathy 101 for my kids, I suppose. But it sucks that it has to come at the expense of my mother's feelings. All right, I'm really leaving this time. I love you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.